This is the Personal Finance Show. Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is The Personal Finance Show. In 2011, Kate Flanders had credit card debt of $30,000, no more available credit, $100 in the bank, and had to move back in with her parents. Kate decided to reboot the blog she had previously deleted called Blonde on a Budget, hoping that writing about it would help her with her debt repayment and struggles with overspending. Since that first post in June 2011, on what has now become kateflanders.com. Kate paid off her $30,000 in full, got a job offer because of her blog, and came up with this crazy idea of going on a one-year shopping ban. And then after a friend wrote an article on Forbes.com about her shopping ban, she was contacted by six different literary agents asking if she wanted to write a book. And she did. It's called The Year of Less, and it came out in January 2018. Kate joined me in Toronto's Trinity Bellwoods Park to talk about her personal finance journey. I think that growing up in the household that I did was probably a little bit unique in that my dad was someone who always talked about money when okay. I was growing up. So I have a lot of memories of just my dad doing things like um, cutting out articles from the newspaper All right. and leaving them on my bed for me. (laughs) So like I would come home from school and I'm like 14 years old or something. Yep. And my dad has left articles on the bed about RRSPs or something like that. I can't It's a bit early. I can't even invest in those yet. (laughs) So Um, he's just trying to get you ready. Yeah. And he always talked to me about it though. And so I, I remember when I was really young, I remember going to the bank when I was, I'll say like nine years old. I remember going to the bank with my mom and dad and opening up back, um, like in Canada, the RBC used to have like a Leo account. A Leo, what's that? It was just for kids. Oh, okay. They gave it a nice little lion name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like the Leo savings account or checking account or something like that. And you got like a little booklet that came with it. Did it have a lion on it? um, Yes, obviously (laughs) it had a lion on it. And I like that. I like this. I remember getting this little booklet and just thinking it was so cool. <laughs> like, uh, you know, they probably put $20 in it or something for me back then. I, yeah. I don't really remember the amount, but it was this thing that I, I was told then, like, you know, whenever you get money, we're going to go and put it in the bank. And so birthday money or Christmas money, like if anyone gave yeah, me so 20 they explained bucks or it something, to you. we're going to go put it in the bank. And sure. then like, this is your money. I mean, I loved it when I was nine. And then I don't know. I, at some point, I just learned how to spend money, and I stopped caring so much about the savings so, part. So the Leo was there. Do you remember doing anything else with it? Or, like, when you started making some money, like, uh, I suppose, early teens, maybe? Mm-hmm. You got a... What, what, did you have a first job? Yeah, my first job was at New York Fries. Oh, New York Fries. Oh. So everybody's done fast food <laughs> yeah. but me. Every Like, everybody that I know. Okay, so... My first job was flipping fries flipping, at yeah. New York Fries. Okay, and yeah. Your poutine or your works or whatever they were. It's called. a rite of passage for teenagers. Uh, yeah, so I was there, I think, for about four months, and then I, 
uh, my second job after that, still in food, but was at a coffee shop. Okay. So do you, do you, did you just spend that money? Did you, do you remember wanting to follow your dad's advice at all? No, I think the problem. Opposite? Yeah. I think the problem too was like, I worked in a mall. Like, yeah. It's like now, okay. now my, my thought, if I ever had kids, don't let your kids work in the mall <laughs> because the problem is yeah. when you're around it. You just like, what do you do on break? You walk around the mall. That's, that's right. And you look at things that you could spend your money on. Well, I had, I had a, a break earlier today and I uh, had this thought, oh, maybe I should just go look at things. It's just, it's an instinct, right? It's just, and this is all obviously pre-shopping ban. Way before, yes. <laughs> Way yes. Pre, pre-realization <laughs> of any, any of this stuff. Okay, so, so early, early lessons, they, your parents gave it a try, but they didn't really take hold very much and so you're not saving you're 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 spending your money you're being a kid this is what people do i mean i basically spent everything i earned back then i mean also too this was when minimum wage was like seven dollars or something we're not talking a lot yeah so seven dollars and you're working 15 hours a week kind of max you know i was like 14 or 15 years old yeah so you're not working very much some of my paychecks were like a hundred and forty dollars or something. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they, I wasn't exactly making bank, but it's pretty easy to spend one hundred and forty dollars. And to me, back then, earning money just meant like I had money to spend. You're you're being a typical teenager, and now you're going to school. You went to you went to university or college? I did. I did school a little bit differently. So I grew up in Victoria. And I went to, like, the first thing I did was just a two-year diploma at our local college. Okay, in what? Uh, communications. Okay, so, nice. And it was all really hands-on, so I did, like, radio, video. See, I like that. Television. I feel like um, I got a four-year degree and I didn't get any hands-on things. And, like, hands-on is what you need, isn't it? It was, yeah. So I did that for two years, and it was really intense. Like, I... Uh, Sometimes I'm like, I think that the way that I did school or that program in particular gave me so much of my work ethic and ability to like um, work for myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Self-impose a lot of deadlines and actually stick to them because we just had so many. There were so many deadlines. So are we are like are we doing school backwards? Like, oh, so. what what do you think? Did you did you then go and do another degree or something? Uh, or? Well, so I did that for two years. Yeah. Um, and then I got a job. Or sorry, part of that also was desktop publishing, graphic design, layout, stuff like that. And that's what I ended up enjoying the most, at least back then. And so, only about. Th- Maybe three months out of school, I got a job working for the provincial government, being able to use that skill set. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I worked for them for probably three years at first, and then was like, there's an option in Victoria where I could go back to school through Royal Roads University, which I guess anyone could do. Royal Roads is, like, you can take school online, but okay, it's based yeah. in Victoria. So they would take the first two years of school I had done at college with just my diploma yeah. and use that sort of as my first two years of university. Okay. So you were able to, so, like, why were, like, I'm just thinking back, like, why do you feel like you were compelled to get this degree? Is it is something that was needed to get the, the rest of like a university degree? That's a good question. For jobs? I mean, part of me thinks that my, my dad always told me I should. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's a valid uh, reason. I mean, that's what a lot of people get it. Yeah. And so I think my dad always told me I should, that was probably part of it. I know that I always thought that there were more things that I wanted to 
learned that I hadn't. Like I didn't. Okay. I actually yeah. was really curious about some of the more like theoretical stuff in the communications field. That's really interesting because you you got the practical, but then you wanted the theoretical after that. I just wanted some of it. Like, sure, yeah. And because even at the end of the day, I didn't do great in every class, but there were some classes that I excelled in, and I was excited about everything I was learning. <laughs> nice. So I think going back as, like, a mature student, mature being, like, I was 25 or 24, like, I wasn't that old. But, yeah. <laughs> but you're considered, like, a mature student. Oh, you are, yeah, if you're not 18 <laughs> <Yeah>. or 17. <laughs> so... Uh, going back and, and completing it that way. So it took me two years. That's just the way it's set up. And yep. when I graduated with that, well, actually, no, my numbers, this is where like my numbers or my finances get really weird. Okay. <laughs> so because halfway through that, so one year into my program is when I realized I was maxed out. Okay. So maxed out like what? Um, I had almost $30,000 of debt. Okay. So, so what's happening in the background then for all of, all of this time, you're going to school and you're just buying whatever you want. And um, how do, how does one get to that? Well, I think that I was definitely someone from, you know, I got my first credit card when I was 19 years old or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Basically from the time I got my first credit card, I just used it like it was extra money. Sure. Yeah, so that's what, I, that's what they, they, they teach us this, the banks. <laughs> yeah, the banks It's do. like they basically lie to us yeah. and say this is money that you can use, and it's not true. It's not, and so I always used them that way back then. Um, and so, I, you know, with my paychecks, with any money I was earning, I was paying my bills, and I would make the minimum payments okay. on my cards or whatever, but I used my credit cards to pay for everything else. So anything I wanted to do go out whatever like i just swiped for everything so it was just building up very slowly but yeah slowly but you didn't like there was no urgency to do anything about it i always told myself back then that like as long as i could afford the minimum payment then i was fine yeah right for years i could and even to the point when i was maxed out i could still afford the minimum payment but i was now maxed out but thirty thousand. now i was forty thousand in debt so if i remember correctly it's like somewhere between 500 and 1000 bucks a month in terms of minimum payments. Am I wrong? Or it uh, depends on what kind of credit uh, and interest. And, yeah. So yeah, I had some pretty high interest. I think mine were probably about 350 to 400 Still. That's... Uh, oh, and wait. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just like credit. Yeah, okay. Credit. Yeah, I yeah. I also had a car loan, but my, my payments were really minimal. It was like $117 biweekly. Okay. But still... So like, this is a lot of lot of payments. You can't really uh, get up and go on a on a journey of self discovery when you have all these payments. You you got you're basically tethered to whatever income you're getting, right? Oh yeah, there was no. Um, I, I've never felt more trapped. Yeah. In my life, in that moment, and I mean, it's one of those situations where I probably could have called the bank and been like, "Hey, do you want to increase my limit a little bit?" But why? Why do you think you didn't do that? Oh, I just, I was barely comfortable even with the minimums at that point. Like, and I just think I had this feeling of like, this is what I've done and I don't want more. And so like, I now have to figure this out. So you're in, okay, so uh, 30000 in debt, you're maxed out, you're finishing university, is that, that where we were? Yes, yeah, so I'm uh, one year way through the two-year program, so yes. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Wow, you're not even there. You're not even in a position to to get this, you know, uh, full time job that's going to pay you more money because you have a degree, uh, technically, which is what's supposed to happen, right? 
And well, I'm still working full time. But you're working full time like, on the life, side. My like okay. numbers and things are so weird. Like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way I did school was this program lets you do um, on the side. You're doing on online. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was still working full time for the government. So I was making at that time probably about fifty thousand a year. Okay. Well, that's decent. So I still had income, but I mean, I literally had to earn that money. Yeah. Yeah. There's I no had you. To. You like you said, you felt trapped. There's no freedom. And do you think there was a way other than to prevent to prevent this if we if we go there for a sec do you think if there would have been other resources or people to tell you different things do you think this just happened because it was it was going to happen I do I mean I take a lot of responsibility for my debt I think that not that it's you know not the responsibility of banks to be teaching us properly it is yeah but I'm still the one who went and spent money it's true I'm still the one who went and said yes to everything and i'm still the one who yeah i just i'm the one who made all of those spending decisions i think that when i'm talking about sort of not financial advice even it's not about that it's when i look back one of the things that i am now very aware that i used to do is i think that i used to go and spend money swiping i used to go swipe yep but before, especially in the buildup, I would say, especially in like the six months or so, kind of before I was actually maxed out, I would always have this feeling, like right before you swipe, where I would think like, ah, I probably shouldn't do this. Yeah, so that this was a, like a sort of a normal process for you at a certain point. Yeah, and I'm like, but I knew, it's like, you, I knew that I shouldn't have been swiping. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm even feeling it physically. Like, you feel that little bit of anxiety. And you just don't feel really great about it, but I was still doing it. And I think that if I, I don't know, I just think I was ignoring it. I think that I was ignoring what I was physically telling myself. I should not be spending this money. I should not be swiping for this thing. Well, yeah. That, I mean, but this, I was still doing it. This sounds like, I mean, you know, being a, a recovered addict myself, it sounds like something that is, is along the lines of addiction or at least self-destructive behavior, right? Like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I actually might even understand the full consequences of this, but I'm doing it anyway. And a lot of people might be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And that's kind of what having a problem is like, isn't yes. it? It doesn't make sense. That's <laughs> Yeah, because you do have this little bit of awareness. You yeah. Are, it's not like you're completely unaware of what's happening you know you're like actively choosing it's kind of to the do worst the wrong thing <laughs> it's really the worst feeling i mean i, I, I don't yeah. remember if you talked about this in the book but would you have i had used to have conversations with myself yeah right oh yeah so like you know arguments with this other part of yourself and it, it, i don't know if like if you've never been through it it might be hard to understand but it it's it's uh <laughs> it's not fun and most of the time you lose Sometimes yes. you might win. No, Some, I think no, you, you did you ever did you ever I felt like I was able to like delay things sometimes like no, not we're not going to go gamble tonight, you know? You know, <laughs> this is not the right right day for that and then the person says just have a drink or something and then then you'll go gamble. But you know, that you're right. It's ultimately it's a losing battle and that's that's where we're in. So, okay, so what did did you what did you do about this uh this 30,000 being maxed out? Yeah. What happened? I mean, so, again, we're going to go on, like, a weird timeline here. Yep. So, I'm, I'm ready for um, no, nothing to make any yeah. sort of logical <laughs> like uh, timeline I'm like, sense. Yeah, I'm like, you're, if you tried to draw the timeline, it would just look very confusing. We'll put, we'll put it all in the show notes, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's going to be nothing in the show notes. Yeah. So, 
in that was in 2013 or 2011 2011 okay i was still working for the government but i had taken this sort of like short term we can call it sabbatical whatever like i took a bit of time off work okay and i attempted to move to toronto okay and at the time like this is like i'm I'm getting close to being maxed out, so I'm having all these feelings of, like, I should not be doing this right now. Like, like, like this is, like, the worst time to be doing yeah, this? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, oh, I, that, yeah, that sounds about right. I had almost no money. I had, like, $3,500 in savings, which But now, this is the I'm time like, to change my life yeah. completely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with that sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you knew something had to give. I think that, is that, is that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's like, what I'm doing right now is not working. Yeah, and so I, I took this time off from work. So at the moment, I was not getting paid. I was in Toronto. I blew through. I honestly just say that I drank through my savings in like six or eight weeks. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. basically so this is- all I did in Toronto, I came out here thinking like, I wanted to get a job in publishing. I had all these like romantic ideas of working in the city and sure. working in publishing. and and But instead I came here and I just partied a lot. Yep. And blew away all my savings. So this and is an additional thing. Like, uh, so there's spending, but also the the drinking really yes. started to affect the budget too. And that's been kind of going on in the background for a while too, right? For a At this long point. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wanted to make a go of this or whatever coming out to Toronto. And then so I'm in Toronto. I drink away my savings. Yeah. And I'm like, I am literally within weeks of being maxed out on credit i knew it at this point i i was so afraid back then to even look at the numbers though like i would never look at my credit card statement in full yeah i i didn't i was someone i i was so just in denial about it i wouldn't even look at the list of transactions with now i'm always like look at all your transactions and see if you actually did them well because what you didn't have any action plan at the time right so if you're looking at it what what is going to make you feel it's just going to make you feel like shit like what am I doing? What am I doing? And like I just wasn't ready to face it. Yeah, well, because if like we can't face things if there's no plan, because then you're just kind of stuck. You mm-hmm. just look at the thing and you'd be like, "Well, nothing I can do. Might as well go further down the hole, right?" Yeah. And so I, it was in Toronto that I remember, like on credit, booked my flight back to Victoria. When I got there looked at all my full balances, added up the numbers, realized I was within $100 of being maxed out. Oh. And I also had $100 in my checking account. Oh. And I I didn't really have an option at that point, so I asked work, like, can I finish my sabbatical early and come back? And uh, they were like, yeah, of course, but we, uh, you know, they have to process things, and so, like, we can start in two or three weeks or something. So then you're like, okay, so I'm not getting paid for six weeks at this point. So I had to make $100 Ooh. and $100 on credit last for six weeks. No. How? I moved home. Yeah. Like, I was 25. Okay. And there was really no other option. But the problem still is that it's interesting because whenever I talk about this, like, yes, I did move home. I moved home for six months. And... um it's interesting, like, the criticism that gets, like, oh, you just moved home, it was so easy, and I'm like, no, but I continued to lie. I didn't tell oh. my parents how bad it was. So why, what'd you tell them? I told them that I had, oh, number one, I owed, um, I asked them, I had to make one final um, tuition payment. Okay. And so I asked them if I could borrow, it was only, like, $3,500, but I was like, can I, add? so now I'm adding to my debt. Yeah. And I just said, would it be okay if I stayed at home, paid that off, and like I'll look for a place, but like I'll be gone by the end of the year. 
Unfortunately, they were like, yes, but... Okay, they gave you a condition. Well, it came with, there was no bedrooms for you at the moment. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to come home, you we can put your bed literally on the floor of the downstairs kitchen, which is like an old converted garage. So my bed was just on like a cement floor. All right. And so I'm like, there was nothing really, like, yes, I could go home and live rent-free and that is an incredible gift and i know that it's not yeah. available to everyone no it's it still wasn't this sort of like lavish no, <laughs> like i remember crying myself to yeah. sleep feeling like such a loser yeah it's well that's that's what we tell that's every we tell everyone if you move back in it's because you failed right yeah and you know you just needed some help Oh yeah, like I, I don't know what else I would have done. Like slept on friends' couches. I, there was no way in that moment I could have afforded to go and get a place. Yeah. Uh, maybe in in a month or two, like once I got my first paycheck and and stuff like that. But I couldn't physically, like I did not have money to go put a deposit down or pay first month's rent or anything like no, that. I yeah. didn't have that money. I had a hundred dollars. Yeah. And so there, it just wasn't an option. So I moved home and I was there for six months. And then moved back out. But in that six months, like, I was so serious about it that I put everything I could towards debt. I paid off over $10,000 in the six months. Wow. Like, once I started getting my paychecks. Okay, so let's step, let's step back. What year is this? Still 2011. Okay, so is this when you started blogging? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. did you start blogging as soon as you... Was this, like, I'm going to track my debt repayment? Yeah. And then if you, if, if you wanted to go one... One step back even further, in October 2010, mm -hmm. I my blog used to be called Blonde on a Budget. Yeah, Blonde on a Budget. Okay. And I called, I set up like blondeonabudget.wordpress.com yeah. on October 1st, 2010. Free WordPress site. Yeah. yeah. Because back then, I knew that things were getting bad mm. and I knew I wanted to get out of debt one day. Okay. But then by like February, March, like I moved out to Toronto and then I, I knew... I wasn't done spending. Mm, okay. Right? And so I knew that it wasn't like I was actually ready to start paying off my debt yet. So I deleted the blog and I basically went on this bender of literally drinking and spending everything. Hmm. And then when I came home in May of 2011, so only a few months later, um, I started it again. And did you and buy now it's blonde, always... you had blondeonabudget.com? Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. It. You know, it's funny that you say that because... Uh, you know, that you weren't you weren't ready, right? The part of you, because like I know I know this feeling, right? That we all have relapses, right, over a period of, of addiction and and uh, whatever kind of addiction it may be, and yeah, sometimes you don't know if it's the last one. So and and but I do believe that you do you know when it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like I know when my last one was. And I mean, it just happens to be the last time that I gambled, but I knew at the time too. And uh, what they tell you is like over the years, you're going to have a bunch of them and it kind of sucks mm -hmm. because you're like, okay, just one more and then I'm good. And then it, it's not the last one, but you need to get that last bit out. You're like, well, it's, I'm already in the hole. I might as well dig a little deeper. And then you went for help. So then you started sort of on the slow road to recovery would you say? Yeah, I would say just with spending at first. Okay, so you start. You pay down ten thousand, uh, like almost right off the bat. Yep, and just then being frugal, not spending. Yeah, I basically you still just, drinking or you? Yes, I yeah. was still drinking. But I would not say I was heavily to, not to 
not drinking as much as I had. Been. Not spending as much like as much money on it. I did a lot more of just like less benders. Go to f- friends' houses, and I would still have a bottle or two of wine. Sure, but, but it it's can like be you buy cheap. the ten dollar bottle, yeah. and then so you're not spending a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, so so you're getting through this, and you're working back at the CRA. Uh, no, sorry, uh, provincial government. Provincial government. Yeah. And then what's your what's your next step in terms of? Uh, in terms of money milestones? I mean, I moved back out after six months, which yeah, okay. on its own, it sort of felt like a milestone. Yeah, you know, that just is. Just that I had the money and that I was... Some um, money in the bank and some less debt. Yeah, and like I was still was very serious about my debt. Like I, I paid it all off within two years. From the day I was maxed out, it was actually just even a little, like maybe 10 days under two years. So I paid it all off in May of 2013. Um, and you're writing all about this on, on the blog. All, yep. Every you're starting to get people supporting you. Yeah. Getting some traction. Are yeah. You, are you able to? Is the blog making any money, or is that not even a concern? It was never, and I mean, still to it's this still day, it's not really a thing. <laughs> but and this is where it's sort of like again, the timeline gets tricky. Yep. But so I moved back out on my own, right? Like December, January, say 2012. Yeah. So beginning of 2012. So then in August of 2012 well for in July 2012 I finished school and I like went on like a summer long bender okay. because I think for the last portion of school I was really serious about school like I really cared about getting my degree and doing sure. well and so I didn't drink that much while I was in the final stretch of it and then I just went on this crazy bender for the summer and I remember at the end of August um, getting an email from someone who is would then become my boss mm. in Toronto. And I'm, I'm back in Victoria, right? And so someone in Toronto going, hey, like, I love your blog. I know you like Toronto. Wow. Do you want to come and work out here? So the blog actually got the attention to get you a job. A offer. job, yeah. This is a good encouragement for people to just get out there and write. I write mean, about their you, experience. If you want to be a writer, yeah. If you, if, you're, if you have some writing ability, yeah. And it was interesting, too, because I, I, I'm i grateful for all the work that I did with the government, but I remember a couple of years into being there, so I was there for five years in total. I remember a couple of years into it, though, just really wishing I could have moved into um, a communications position where I was actually writing, not just doing, yeah. like, the desktop publishing stuff. So they, like, but they didn't give you that opportunity. It just, I mean, the government goes through hiring freezes and all kinds of, like, all the cards were stacked against me for it. So for okay. two years, I was trying, and it wasn't happening. And so I guess I I was writing as an outlet for my, for, just to get out of debt. But then I was really enjoying writing. And yeah. then it, I mean, it did start getting some readers, and then the job offer came. Cool. So what did you do? I mean, I quit my job and I moved there three weeks later. But I also, <laughs> that is very, um, it's always like looking back, right? There were other things that happened that summer. I went through a really tough breakup and I was totally in that mood of just like burn it all down. Yeah. Burn, almost, not burn bridges because I didn't want to burn any, but like just get me out of here and like move as quickly as possible in the direction that is the opposite of where I am right sure. now. And so, yeah, I quit my job, and three weeks later, I was on a plane with, like, two duffel bags of stuff, and I was in Toronto. So, did you did you keep the stuff that you already had, though, somewhere? Like in, uh, in, the, my, in my parents' basement, parents yeah. parents' basement, yeah. yeah, okay. 
So this there wasn't any sort of purging happening no, at this point not yet. yet. <laughs> no early purge. So I'd be like, oh, two duffel bags worth of stuff. Great. Yeah, it Mi- was like minimalism. all clothes. And I think half a duffel bag was books. Yeah. Like okay. I brought like 40 <laughs> books with me or something. And probably even, I remember at one point had to pay extra for like the overweight oh, or whatever. on the book bag? I'm like, I don't, it's so funny. I don't know why I would bring 40 books with me anywhere now. <laughs> like, that felt really important that they came they, with Oh, me. and are these books? books that because uh, i'm remembering what you've written in the in, in your book that you have had read no. or no you hadn't even no. read them yet no. and do you remember if you if some of these books that cost you money for overweight did you maybe didn't even read them at oh, all i'm probably while you were they're probably all gone at this point <laughs> <laughs> and I probably read ten of them. <laughs> well, that, that, uh, there's something special about that. Like here's you pay. It's it's like it's, it's something about like paying like overdraft charges on something that you don't even use. Yeah. You know, things like that, yeah. right? Like oh, I, I didn't know I had this bank account. I don't even use it just because you weren't paying attention. Yeah. So that's uh, that's awesome. Okay, so you worked in Toronto at this uh, unnamed company, <laughs> mystery mystery company. I <laughs> I know what company. I'm not gonna say. We could say. I don't <laughs> oh, think it's oh, bad. Yeah. Just, I talked about it on the blog. But a lot. you didn't. Yeah. Okay. In okay, the blog, didn't you didn't say it, it in the book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and uh, that was a conscious choice for you. Yeah. To not you. I don't. I don't remember you naming any names. Really. I mean. I mean, other than friends and family who. Yeah. Obviously. They like, would read because they had to read and improve it. But the a big part of writing the book or something that was very important to me was that I didn't tell anyone else's story. Yeah. I like that. Right? Like, it's, you, it's you're not, not qualified. My, no. And it's, you tell so your I can own tell story. my experience. Yeah. But, and so, uh, yeah, but it's, it, that doesn't mean that that's even how someone else saw it. No. Or how someone else lived it. If you would have interviewed them and asked for their perspective, that's a different kind of yeah. thing. But you're, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. So you had that focus all along. The whole time. Yeah. yeah. So with the company, uh, I don't mind name. So, because I, I love them and I love the CEO. Well, now everybody wants to <laughs> well, know. for RateHub. <laughs> so I worked for RateHub for three years okay. going on and, and left in a great position of like, I mean, Alyssa, I would still, who's the CEO, I would still say is probably the best person I've ever worked for. And, and you I guys learned, were all in a, in a house together. Yeah, in the beginning, yeah. So you can look like up, was, probably uh, see, uh, hear something from Alyssa telling the story or just if you get a chance to hear her tell the story. All yeah. in one house, just kind of building it up. And, yeah. now, and now, like, this company is huge. It's huge, yeah. 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 I mean, if you don't know, it's ratehub.ca, right? Yeah. Yeah, ratehub.ca, check it out. I, yeah. I love the mortgage calculators. When I was actually oh, I looking uh, at a house uh, foolishly when we were trying to buy a house in the city. <laughs> <laughs> like, how can I make this what work? What a futile Ratehub uh, calculators, thing. show me the way. Yeah, like, this, this is broken. <laughs> There's something wrong with <laughs> this calculator is broken. There's no way no one has that kind of money. Yeah. But okay, so Raid Hub and you were uh, the content was your thing. Am I right? Yeah, I was yeah. the managing editor. So yeah. I started there in September of 2012. I worked. I stayed in the city and worked here until the spring of 2013. And at that point, just said to Alyssa, like, BC is home. Yeah. I just. I also. I knew it was time to not drink anymore okay. because again, it's until we get to our moment where we're finally like we don't know now i'm yeah. done and i had that moment of just and i'm good now so like, was it, that was the moment 2013 yeah and so i knew like not that i couldn't have made it work here but my social life in toronto was all drinking and so you made a conscious decision to stop drinking yes and that the like like i i like to say this sometimes you need a change of scenery 
to solidify that change. Yeah, and I knew change that. Yeah, and I knew were. that um, I would have a a better support system at least in the beginning because my dad got sober when I was ten, so I grew up around a house, or I grew up in a house where there wasn't alcohol after I was ten years old. Mm. And so I knew I would have my dad's support. I knew we'd had, um, growing up, some other friends who had gotten sober. And so I knew, like, I had friends who would be supportive of me making that change. And I just felt, too, like, there were things about BC that I missed. Like, it's super outdoorsy. I'm, I I can't say when I was drinking that I was a very outdoorsy person. But I would say in in sobriety, though, um, the outdoors has probably become my go-to for most things like i like will jokingly be like hashtag nature therapy but it is well we're outdoors right now we are but we're cold (laughs) (laughs) do you uh you don't have any mitts no i'm good you're you're all right (laughs) so i mean this isn't this is not bc but is this does this feel comfortable to you like does this feel more like home than if we were sitting in a studio yes yeah right it's nice actually it's nice and it's quiet yeah other than the dogs uh, every so often barking but i like uh, those two though (laughs) so you you needed to get back to where you felt like home and so so you then you did you moved and you ended up working remotely yeah i just worked remotely for two more years because i didn't want to leave rate hub then i just knew that the city didn't feel like the right place for me to be And so I went back to BC and then I was living in, so that was like April of 2013, no, yeah, 13. I went back to BC and in May I made the last payment on my debt. Okay, nice. I was going to ask, how are the finances at this point? Yeah. So So I I mean, even with the move and all these, like, I guess two moves, even with all of that, I still stuck to my plans and paid off, paid off my debt. That's fantastic. And then, then what... How did your debt go from then on? Was uh, in terms of the the spending ban and all that uh, the stuff. Were you having trouble with debt throughout any of that? Debt didn't creep back in after. No, that. it didn't. But I think that. But that wasn't the reason. No, I think something. It, this stuff's always in hindsight, right? Like I think that for years, my coping mechanism for both like celebrate a good day and deal with a crappy week my coping was always drinking or for a long time it was to drink yeah and and then it's the hindsight stuff of like now it's not that surprising to me that when i couldn't drink yes i became debt free but my coping mechanism then became spending so would you would you say would you spend all the money available money that you had? Yeah, pretty much. And so savings was not something that happened for a while. At the beginning of every month, I would say that I wanted to save twenty percent of my income, okay. and that should have been so doable because when I was paying off my debt, now this was not every month, but there were months where I was putting up to fifty-five percent of my income awesome. towards debt repayment. So twenty percent should have been easy, especially sure. like as like. Like it was a new newer position for me, but I was making a bit more money and all this stuff. So I'm like, my lifestyle hadn't really inflated, so it should have been very doable to save twenty percent of my income. Wasn't happening. No, at the end of every month, I would write these updates on my blog where I would literally justify why I had only saved maybe five percent. So you're keeping everyone posted. Yep. All this <laughs> stuff. So I mean. You'd think that that would make you achieve the goals. I mean, that's what a lot of people start blogging because mm-hmm. they want the accountability. Mm-hmm. But even then, 
So that means it was a little bit of a problem, right? Because that wasn't even motivation for you. Yeah, but I would. I think what is great about the fact that I did continue to post it mm-hmm. is that at the end of every month, I would have that little feeling of, "Ooh, this doesn't feel good." Yeah. And that little feeling, like especially when you're announcing it to a whole bunch of people, it it was almost that little voice in my head that, like, once a month for every month for a year, so for 12 months in a row. I always had that feeling of like, I'm not actually happy that I'm not saving anything. And I'm also not really happy with all the reasons I'm justifying my spending. Like I didn't feel that great. And I'm like, I'm spending 95% of my income, let's say. And like, I'm not really that happy. Like there has to be something else or some other way to do this. You're right. Cause that's not always the reaction of people who spend all of their money. Some people spend all their money cause they want to, and they are happy mm-hmm. and, and they'll just start over somewhere else. Uh, you know, when they're, when they're ready. But the fact that you put this out there gave you that awareness that you could have just been in total denial about it. If you don't talk to anyone mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Or so just track in general. Like yeah. I think so much change that I've created in my life has just come from an awareness which has come from writing it down. It doesn't matter if it's for other people. Like in the beginning when I was like just tracking my spending for the very first time, which was when I was like, I'm maxed out. I have to start doing something differently. Mm -hmm. Just tracking my spending created so much awareness. And I would just Mm -hmm. say to myself, like internally, it wasn't like I was sitting down answering a list of questions. I just like, do I even feel good about this? Like at the end of the week, like, am I happy that I spent money on all these different things? Yeah. And if I didn't feel good, like you just slowly start to change your spending habits. But it does take time. And so, okay. So you're starting, you're changing it. You're debt free, but you're still spending. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're, you're doing a whole year and not happy with it. And so am I jumping ahead or when, when did the, uh, when did the shopping ban yeah, come so to play. a year after being debt-free, I remember sitting around, again, my family always talks about money. We were sitting in the backyard, like me, my mom and dad, and my brother and sister, who are eight and ten years younger than me. And we're all sitting around, and my sister is talking about how she bought some, like, $500 camera. And she's only, like, 20 years old at this time. Okay. On credit, and, maybe? Um, I do think she paid with cash. Okay, well, that's good. But she, um, and she was living at home and going to university. And was working, like, part-time. And, I mean, we're all just kind of teasing, but I said something like, oh, like, you shouldn't be, like, spending all your money. Like, you know, you got school and It's a normal whatever. reaction for a 20-year-old. Uh, yeah. and, and, like, buying a really expensive thing. Yeah. And so, like, and your older sister just being like, don't do that. Stop wasting <laughs> yeah. your money. <laughs> I, know be- I know better than you. <laughs> so she made this comment, like, it was almost like she, like, perfectly i don't know had been saving this yeah, rebuttal like, like yeah. just for <laughs> oh, me oh it's time and she's like yeah but i save 20 percent of my income so i can spend my money on whatever i want i was like oh, <laughs> oh burn <laughs> what a yeah she must have had so, it ready so there was Back that pocket. but then what's weirder is that then like have you ever given advice before and then been like wait why have i never given myself that advice yep, so absolutely then i said to my sister yeah but you live at home do you really need 80% of your income or could you live on less? Mm. And then like, I don't remember what anyone else said after that. Cause in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, do I need 95% of my income? You do not. I do not probably no. need that. Could I live on less? And so like from there, just you're sitting there feeling like a total hypocrite. And, but then also like, wow, like that, it felt really revelatory. And like, what, how did I just spew out those words where did they come from <laughs> like thank god i had my sister to give advice to <laughs> yeah like, i don't know if i ever would have thought of that hmm. yeah 
So then you decide to formalize this? Yeah. So from there, I started just having a few conversations with friends saying things like, you know, I've been thinking about doing this thing. Maybe I don't like buy stuff for six months or a year. And just have you seen it? So sorry to interrupt. Have you seen this before? Was this like inspired by like, no, you've seen someone take a break uh, from like saying, I'm not going to buy anything. This is like, I've never, I had never like looked into that at all. I remember, I mean, there were a lot of personal finance bloggers back then who would talk about no spend days. Yeah. Okay. No spend days. No spend Thursday. Yeah. I'm like, I'll try to have three no spend days a month or a week or sure, like okay. something like that so but then they and, just spend big on the, on the other day. <laughs> kind of defeats it yeah, I, yeah. I don't know no cheeseburger days and then saturday yeah it's all the, the five cheeseburger day <laughs> i like those days so i remember seeing things like that and i used to track those too i used to oh my gosh my blog used to be so boring like i used to just write <laughs> these weekly spending reports that just listed like monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday how much i spent each day can people go and uh, yep. oh, yeah. it's uh, so it's kflanders.com yeah. now right i've thought about deleting them but then people are like no like it's actually good to see sort of like where you started from and even gives people who have never tracked before just an idea of something <laughs> so they could do so go back to 2014 uh, oh even 2011 20, go back to 2011 months, the worst <laughs> find some terrible terrible blogs blog posts from kate um and then then read the book and you, you, you'll, then you'll be great be like whoa yeah. like that's a big change <laughs> <laughs> but you know that, that's you just keep writing right but you're just writing about you as you said you're writing about things that are happening <laughs> and unfortunately our life isn't always like uber exciting all the time but you're being honest and and accountability and that's good and so you're writing about this stuff and you're talking to your friends. You're saying, I think I'm going to yeah. just stop. Well, I just was spending. kind of throwing it out. Like, I'm like, what would six months look like? What would a year look like? And I, I had no yeah, sort of. Oh, nice. That's actually really good. Um, here, you know what? I'll give you my card. Can you email that to me? <laughs> that, that might be great for the, uh, for the cover photo. We're doing an interview We're, we're right recording now. a podcast right <laughs> no, now. No, it's all no, good. No, 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 here. It's perfect. Thanks so much. Just email me there. That's okay. awesome. Appreciate it. Hey. Thanks so much. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Well, I think we just got the cover <laughs> of the podcast. That's amazing. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, it's... That's great advertising. And his name is... <laughs> <laughs> this is business. <laughs> This, uh, this happened last time when I had Stephen uh, Wayman oh, on. Really? We walked around. And because it, it, it's, you know, it's our fault for just like not having anything up. We're not holding microphones in front of right, us. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're just like having a conversation. And uh, uh, Daniel Trezeb uh, from Save With Dan, yeah. he, he, he came up and started talking to oh, us. Oh, that's so funny. And so he made it into the end of the podcast. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's so awesome. you... We're bouncing. What would it look like? You said. Well, yeah. We're bouncing off your friends and and. Uh, and I think that's where they, like they're like you're crazy. Some of them, yeah. <laughs> but I also think actually my friends weren't that surprised because at this point it's like I've paid off all my debt and blogged about that. I had quit drinking. I also back then I had, um, I'd never been super active, um, and I had started running. I'd lost like thirty pounds and was training for half marathon. Like I. You're, you're kicking ass. I was just doing all these different things, so my friends are kind of like, okay, add something else to the list. I like the friend uh, that you talk about in the book who's like su- always supportive. The, Emma. The, yeah, Emma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just the kind best. of a nice feel. Everyone's got like, well, hi, I hope everyone's got a friend like this. Everyone should because you need someone to support you just 
Well, any, anything, all the things. And what I will say about that is that Emma has taught me the lesson that we all need the friend who will enable us to make the good decision mm. because it's very easy to find the friend who will encourage you to go like, yeah, you know what? Eat the pizza, skip the gym. Absolutely. Or yeah, let's go for a drink. Screw, screw doing whatever is better for you. Like, let's just go out. And, and they just encouraged all the bad things. And mm -hmm. I also know I was one of those friends for a long time too, right? Like if I wanted someone to come drinking with me, I'm encouraging them to come out. Oh, well, you know, misery loves company in one way or another, even though it might not seem like misery. <laughs> yeah. And so Part it is in a way. So Emma was the friend who, um, she just really taught me. And also that like, you are allowed to have the night where you have pizza and that, you, yeah. you know, but that it's like, this is what we're doing tonight. Like if that's, that's what you want. Yeah. Though. Like not, not enable the behavior you're trying yeah. to stop. Yeah. And so you got enough good reactions and it probably didn't matter anyway. You're, no, you're going to do, do it. it. <laughs> you're, you're doing it. But I, it helps to talk. I think it helps like, to talk because you craft it, right? Yeah. You, get to, you start to yeah. think, but I could feel like even in that first conversation that like the intention of the idea was just forming. I'm like, okay, I think I am going to do this. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet. But within a couple of weeks, I just sort of like one day wrote down all the rules and like hit publish on the blog. And I had no idea what I'm doing. And you're, you're, you formalize this because you had already been doing this with writing the blog. You're already putting, writing everything down. Yep. So you had to come up with rules yep. to follow because you could have just started doing this haphazardly. Yeah. But you feel like you needed it for you? I think the accountability part. Yeah. I think it was. It's um, more important than, than we think. Yes. And again, it's like, it, I, I'm definitely a believer, like, maybe you only need one person to be accountable to. The blog had been such a great tool for me with paying off debt. Like, I remember even making the final payment, I had all this huge sense of gratitude for my readers, not because, like, they had paid off any of the debt, but just, like, I felt like they had been along with me, and I was so grateful that they had supported me okay. through that whole time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just like... It was a way for me to be brutally honest and say, like, you know what, guys? For the past year, I have not been saving very much. I'm not feeling that great about it. I want to try something different. So I am going to try this thing where I basically don't buy anything unless I absolutely need it. So, like, groceries, gas, things like, like buy things yeah. when you absolutely need it. So this is all in the book. Yep. We, we, don't, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't have to get into it and spoil it for everybody. Um, uh, you know, we can spoil it a little bit. But, you, you know, we, I, want, I want people to buy your book. <laughs> I, I listen to it. I bought the audio book, and uh, that's, that's much easier for me. It's hard for me to write a, read a book. Uh, but uh, l listening to it was great. And so you go through it month by month. Am I right? Yep. Yeah, so each section is a month. It is, yeah. Yeah, and so, you, it, you know, when you get into stories from your life, basically you got to the end of this ban, and then you decided to do it again? Yeah, I did it for two years. Two years. And at what point, and I know at some point, um, you were, it was an article, was it Forbes? Mm -hmm. So someone wrote about your shopping ban. Yeah. Or, the, or the, first, the first year? Yeah, when I finished the first year, and it's, this is an interesting story for me even because I never set out to write a book. Mm. I never set out to do any of that. And probably three quarters of the way through the shopping ban the first year, someone I knew through a per, like through personal finance connections. I mean, you just over the years you get to know lots of people in the yeah. personal finance community. So someone I knew, her name's Laura Shin. She interviewed me just to ask a few questions about J Money, who writes Budgets Are Sexy. Yep. So she was doing a profile on him. She knew we were connected because back then we were working on this site 
called Rockstar Finance, or I had just started working on it. He had hired you on for content? Yeah. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, I just think you'd be someone who could answer some questions about what his role kind of is in the community. So we did this short, great little interview. And at the end, she was like, hey, and let me know when you're going to be done your thing and we could do a little feature on it. I'm thinking, especially because it's a friend, that it's like not that big of a deal. Doesn't feel like a... I don't know, that big piece of media or whatever. You're just kind of like, okay, like she's written them about other people and now Jay and no biggie. And then it came out the same day that I finished the first year. And she emailed me that morning and was just like, oh, FYI, these things have a tendency to go viral. (laughs) And I was like, okay, but I still didn't really know what that meant. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it will, maybe it won't. Yeah, but I mean, the traffic was crazy and I, in the first two weeks that followed it coming out I'd been contacted by six different literary agents all asking if I wanted to work on a book and um, that's awesome and that's also proof yeah. proof that uh, the answer to the question from earlier is no uh, no one apparently has done this because if a whole bunch of people had yeah I'm, you know <clears throat> I actually think that there are now and I found some of them like during the year mm. there are people who have done them um, one is actually and I'm not going to remember her name because I'm the worst. But she's actually in Toronto. Okay. But she... its I don't think it's that she bought nothing. Like, it wasn't quite the same. Like, rules are a bit different. Yeah. But she is an illustrator. Okay. And so what she did was kept this amazing journal where any time she thought about making an impulse purchase, she drew it. Wow, that's so cool. It was really... It, like, it's really, really cool to look through. So mm. it wasn't quite the same of, like not shopping for anything but just like really becoming more conscious about what she was spending her money yeah. on and we'll find we'll find her and yeah, put, yeah, to yeah. put a link in the yeah in so the show notes. um yeah so no i mean like there's other stuff out there and and even that year and since then there have been tons more and but um, you had the you had this following you had it organized you were tracking it all yeah you know in a way and, you know, it, it does come down to connections sometimes, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. You were well, able to tell your story to somebody yeah. who was listening and, and I, writing. Yeah, it, it's been so interesting. Like, you were kind of talking about, like, was I blogging ever to, like, make money? Or, like, has, you know, yeah. and I'm like, it's never been about that. It's always, to me, been about community and not just, like, mine, but, like, what your role is within a community because it's we are part of something. Like, we are part of a large group of people who are all doing this thing it's the same as like we could all be co-workers in an office or yeah. something right and I think that the most important thing for me over the years has been to like just maintain really solid relationships with people and just to be a real person that's good um, real people you know they uh they say uh the best way to you know get t- uh, twitter followers is to actually talk to people <laughs> social yeah. media hey yeah. how do I get more social media followers be social. Uh, be, yeah, be social on media. <laughs> it's like, oh, follow me and I'll follow you back, but I'm never going to interact or talk to you. You know, you can follow somebody who follows you back, but then, hey, maybe say hi and not mm-hmm. have a robot say hi. And, not, and you know, just like look at, look at what they're saying and see if you have it. And then if, maybe if you're not aligned, then maybe, maybe you don't want to be connected with mm-hmm. that person, right? And if they love Trump, you know, or anything like that. <laughs> Yeah, so many eye rolls for that. Um, people follow me and they're like, I love Trump and, uh, and MAGA. Oh, so many hashtag uh, make America great again. I just, I'm sorry, I can't handle that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I like, I like the idea of community. Community first, be real. And the money, it, it happens, right? If we go money first, it, it, it comes off fake, doesn't it? it? And I'm like, it... Um... 
I will say, like, going my route doesn't make you rich. <laughs> <laughs> Word of advice. From Financially, not, anyways. Not the first author to, to say this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's, um, I still wouldn't trade it. But, like, I, I, I'll have to work a bit harder to make actual money. But, you know, when you're doing something that you love, the amount of money, everyone's level of success mm-hmm. is, is different, what, how you measure success. And, you know, I'm pretty happy right now, not making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the way it goes, which kind of sucks, doesn't it? You, were, you had a little bit about burnout in, in the book, right? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you were working pretty hard for a couple of those years in there, I worked, or a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, again, this is where it's interesting. It was of absolutely no fault to rate hub it's so interesting as a remote worker yeah. for companies in general no, you have this feeling like you have to be connected at all times you and get no special one... privilege right yeah. so you got to make up for it yeah. yeah but then it's like at the end of the day you're still an employee and you can just do your eight hours and yeah. clock out but as you do less yeah <laughs> but like they don't know <laughs> as a remote worker i just had these feelings of like i needed to be online that meant literally like my green light is on, yeah, so right? Some, like I'm available if you need me. And, as um, if they were actually watching you, totally. right? It was, it was, it was more of a psychological <laughs> yep. thing, right? And, but yep. no, but I, I get it though. I mean, it's, I mean, there are places like Amazon where you actually have to Work be the there <laughs> constantly and apparently, you know, stab people in the back, but that's another story. But, uh, yeah, a lot of this is psychological and, um, at least a burnout. Working remotely for two years, um, and also even like the way I did my degree, right? Like, and I was saying that it, I think that the lessons I've learned in both of those things are what have helped me be whatever quote unquote successful is in self-employment or just make self-employment easier because I trust myself mm. to get the work done. Yeah. So I learned a lot of good stuff, but it was, um, yeah, working full time. I also think at the, by the end too, I was juggling a lot of freelance, trying to keep up with the blog. And I just got to a point where something had to give. And, um, I think I had done all I could do in my job. And so what gave was quitting. Yeah. So you moved on from, from rate hub, but you were writing the book at this time or no. you had been done. You'd finished the book. No, you hadn't no. even started yet. So what's, oh, we, okay. So we're, we're back into the, yeah. the, the, the a wonky timeline. So, well, that year <laughs> that I was doing the shopping ban yeah I was working the whole that whole year my last day was like a week before the shopping ban ended Mm. and and again so let's think about this like the beginning of it I'm like spending 95% of my income oh now you're saving yeah and now I'm saving tons like tons of money and I saved $17,000 Canadian that year I, just to interrupt again, yeah. uh, I like your level of confidence in every month thing. Because, oh. like, in the middle or something, you were at 40, and I'm like, no, 40%. <laughs> and then at the end, you're like, 100. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, it really, like, it does kind of take you along the journey. It probably helps that you you read the book. You know, because you were reading the book to me, basically. Yeah, right? totally. I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, like listening. I'm glad to that the you audio. made that decision, and I Always. do remember that you said you had to inter- you had to audition for my own book. <laughs> I would have yeah. been like, "Screw you." Well, I mean, <laughs> but they're they're they're, gonna, they're paying for they're it. gonna pay yeah. you, <laughs> and they're gonna pay they're someone paying, to produce they're, it, and they're paying you to do it and to produce it. Yeah, they're yeah. paying for the rights. So, which is yeah. great. It's great that it was going so to be I an audiobook, it. but yeah, it's they needed they needed book. to be cool. <laughs> I think too it was more they make 
like there are some authors that don't want to do their audiobook. Yeah, no, you're right. A lot of people don't want. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people are great writers, but they can't. They don't have a lot of speaking ability. I always thought they were connected, but I realized that just because you're great at writing doesn't mean you're a great speaker. And and if you're a great speaker, it doesn't mean you can write either, right? Yeah. So I, but I, I kind of had them connected. So I'm glad I kind of woke up to that. But sorry, I interrupted you. No, no. Um, uh. <laughs> you were at that. This is the last week. Oh, uh, the shopping oh, no. ban, well, and you left, and well, then saving. yeah, and so saving. You, you got the saving. You were saving. So I saved seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand dollars. I saved awesome. like on average for the whole year. I saved thirty-one percent of my income that year. Awesome. And as part of that, what was so interesting, I also in the later half picked up a ton more freelance. So I was burnout for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, I was doing way freelance too much. Freelance was like plus a full-time is a full-time a really job. Full-time. Really more than full-time yeah. job. So I was. Why do we do this and, to ourselves? And blog, like it was a lot. Sometimes I think that we um, do a lot, and then one thing is going to give, right? Like mm. it's almost like we yeah. do a lot before. Try them all out. Yeah. See and what then something has is to this, be. Is uh, this which one am I going to stay? Yeah, that's a good point. But you just, I. You don't want to hurt yourself in the process, though. Right? No. That's a t- that's a tough one. But what was so interesting is then I, you know, in saving thirty one percent of my income, you know, before this, being really honest about numbers, like. I was kind of lucky if I ever had $2,500 in savings. Yeah. And by the end, I had about, well, I don't know, $15,000 in cash. And so part of that was like my emergency fund. And then I just all of a sudden was someone who had a huge cash buffer in checking. That had never happened before. Great. And Put that in the high interest uh, savings. <laughs> but that money <laughs> is what then gave me the confidence that I could quit. Yeah. And not, not because I... Like it, because I had a lot of work lined up and I had this huge cash buffer, I never, ever could have quit my job, um, or at least not at, at that age, if I hadn't done the shopping ban and saved all that if money. If you're still spending. Yeah. Yeah, because you would have just spent whatever was available, right? And so, yeah, the, you, you're, you're spending less, you're saving more, so you need less money. Mm-hmm. And it turns out you're already making it. Yeah, I was... In I was, other jobs. Yeah. I was making awesome. the exact amount of money... I needed just for my living expenses. So I needed in freelance to earn more because I, you have to pay for taxes when you're self-employed and you would like to actually also save some money when you're self-employed. But I, yeah, I was earning enough that I could live off of. So that coupled with having a ton of work lined up, I was like, you know, I can, I can make the leap. And I, my thought back then was like, you know, if I can just be self-employed for even six months, I will be super happy that I made that decision. So you're able to at least make a, a short-term commitment to yeah. not committing to anything. Yeah. And <laughs> it's been three years. That's awesome. So, so. one, because like when you're open and you, you can, you can agree with this or not, when you're open to opportunities, then they come. If you're just mm-hmm. like, oh no, I can't possibly take that on because I'm working overtime and oh, I don't want to do that one more thing. So other opportunities came up, mm-hmm. including a book. Yeah, yeah, because then I I finished the shopping, like I I was, I'd been done my job for 10 days or something, and then the Forbes article came out, and then writing a book became a possibility. And you were able to sort of scale back on other things to focus on writing the book. Writing a book is hard, right? It is hard. It it sounds really (laughs) difficult. No matter how experienced a writer you are, we don't grow up writing books. 
You don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, you can, you can probably go take a college program for writing books, Totally. but it's not something that you just learn how to do in school. Usually it's a, it's a different kind of thing. And, 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 uh, you know, a lot of people say, I, I want to write a book and sometimes you need help and right. Sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you can do it yourself, but it's, uh, you know, but you had a lot of people come to you and say, we're going to help you through this and give you guidance. Right. Yeah, I mean, so having the literary agents approach you, it then becomes a process where you have to pick a literary agent, yeah, okay. which is, um, it was such a gift because as a writer, it's like a dream to have someone say they want to work with you. Yeah. But then it's also really weird when you have no idea, like I didn't expect that. And then you're like, I don't know how to pick somebody. <laughs> like what makes a good agent? I don't know answers to these questions. And so it... It took some time and a lot of conversations with all of them. Life is not linear. This is like no. the story of this timeline and everything is literally just like things don't happen in a linear order. It's up and down, up and down. Yeah. And uh, the other lesson is uh, uh, do stuff and tell people, which yeah. I like. I stole that from uh, somebody else. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> that's, it's, it's really good, right? Because that's what you did. You decided, you, you, like you said, you didn't write for money. You weren't doing this because you were going to be famous and write a book. <laughs> uh, you did it because you wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. You actually did it to save yourself. Yeah, I think parts of it, it was never about even like the writing about it. Right? But the like telling it was, people it was, helped so many people yeah. writing the book. The book is called The Year of Less. Yeah. The Year of Less. The okay. Year of Less. Yeah, I thought I might get a word <laughs> wrong there. <laughs> That's good. So The Year of Less, it's an awesome book. It's got stories, some, you know, some stories which are a little bit difficult for you to tell, right? Yeah, there's some a lot. Some parts in... of your life, some personal bits. There's a lot in there about um, the drinking and then like just, you know, what age I started, what dr- role kind of alcohol had in my life for a long time. And because I think there's a lot of parallels, as we've discussed here, of just like consumption tendencies as a whole. Yeah. And so I I felt it was really important because even if people can't relate to the drinking stuff, you could apply that to eating or any kind of You can apply it to a lot habit. of things. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it doesn't have to just be about the drinking or even just the spending. It's like the reasons why be- behind why we do those things. This is why when I talk about my gambling, I hope that people can see past that. I always say that the, you know, the, prob- the, the addiction is the, the result of that problem, mm-hmm. right? The, the stuff that's going on. And once you address that stuff, right? I don't need this stuff to be happy. I don't need a lot of money. I just, you know, need to be real and be me, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good lesson. When I got to the end of the year, I think that's one of the most important things that I had learned was that there were, especially with spending too, but even I thought about it even more with drinking and stuff. Like there were so many things that I used to do or buy because I thought that they would somehow make me better or um, even just like more interesting or someone people would actually want to be around. And it, it was definitely a huge lesson in like that I was spending to maybe try and boost my self-worth, but that that was always very temporary. And um, well, always stopgap measures, right? All these little ones. Uh, do you feel, do you feel like you kind of have a, like, like you started over? Or like a couple of times or the, but this, like, you know, there's an end to a, this chapter of your life where you're trying to figure out what's what and do you feel like you just kind of start afresh? Yeah, I think that I, I definitely finished that year feeling like it was the start of something new. And, and in some ways, obviously it was like I was newly self-employed and I did have yeah. a bunch of new things sort of happening, mm-hmm. but I do, I think that 
again, the hindsight. You never know it in the moment or no. like when you first set out. But I, I can't even imagine what life would look like if I hadn't done this. Like it's so interesting for me now to be where I am and um, just living the life or lifestyle even that I am. And I, I don't know, I think I'm more, more content and also more confident than I've been ever. Yeah, that's really awesome. Right? Like it's, and it's not like a cocky confidence. It's like, I just no. like, I finally like know who I am and I have some self-worth and like, I know what I yeah. bring to the table and know I'm a good person. And I don't think I knew all those things, especially with the drinking. I don't think I knew those things about myself. And I, I definitely have felt like by the end of that year, I, it was the beginning really of understanding who I was and it's only gotten better ever since then. Well, that sounds like a really good place to, <laughs> to end. KateFlanders.com. Is that yep. ever, and so you're blogging sometimes, but, but let's mention a couple of the other things that, uh, that you're up to. Yeah. Uh, so the year of less, obviously you can go to Amazon oh, and Indigo everywhere. and bookstore. Yep. If you want a physical book, yep. those still exist apparently. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Audio book. I, I enjoyed that one. Yep. I, I think I got mine on Google play. So I do have a podcast that I co-host with my friend Carrie Smith. It's mm -hmm. called Honest Money Conversations. If you were to go back to them, I would say maybe just listen to season four. Okay. <laughs> and five, but season four was okay. like mine and Carrie's favorite. Okay, very cool. Um, and you have, sometimes you have guests and sometimes it's just the two of you, right? We usually have like one to two guests a season. But you guys pick a topic yep. generally and you're talking about that. And we always talk about stuff that's like going on in our lives like yeah. in the moment so that it's not just kind of like a rehearsed whatever like it's kind of like this like we just sit around and like what's going on right now and that's right we'll kind of dive into it and so. you guys are a little bit different in terms of what you do so there's a little bit of variety yeah. and there Carrie's American and, oh yeah that's it so yeah. it's like I'm not, that isn't there something like, like it's like you should call it cross border something you know? yeah. do you guys toy with <laughs> names when you started it's like uh, we did a little bit yeah you know, the 40 uh, you know the 100th meridian no that's Great Plains yeah. uh, that's where the Great Plains begin yeah, the 49th yeah. parallel is that what, uh... um, I don't know but I'm pretty sure that's a coffee shop in Vancouver so. <laughs> there you go so that, that it helps my case yeah I think I think I might be right but other than that I just I don't know I hang out if I'm not blogging I probably only blog a couple times a month but I hang out on Instagram quite a bit and that's just at Cape Landers you got lots of blogs in the past you've done your yeah, share you, yeah, I've written a lot you've, you've done a lifetime <laughs> lifetime of blogging I think you're good there. You, you're allowed to move on to whatever you like. I'm remembering something called the, the minimalist program. What's it called? The, oh, simple the year, year. The simple year. Yeah, but yeah. I will say it won't be open for registration anymore. No. But I do work on it. And it opens up. Um, you're part every, of this? Yeah. Every fall and like January it opens up. What so. is, can you give us a, like a little brief thing of what it is? Yeah, yeah. It's these. And your um, role in it? 12 months of content so like each month has a subject okay. and every month is taught by someone in like either the minimalism or like simple living sure. space so there's a lot of big names in there that are like the minimalists <laughs> yeah okay so so they're in there they're the most famous of the minimalists yeah so there's a lot of people in there though and um, I teach it's July I teach the topic of money or just simplifying your money yeah yeah so no it's been great it's and so just, this is a program people can sign not right now but for the next next yeah. year if you want to look into it yeah I it. think it's just simplyyear.co okay simplyyear.co yeah well and I, I always used to, I'm so used to being like and I work on Rockstar but I don't work on Rockstar no. anymore but it's still there <laughs> 
like are you going to conferences and people find are you speaking uh, about the book or uh, you're doing a little bit I'm of a, a bookstore tour right I'm now book touring right now but um on may 1st i'm actually getting on a plane and going to the uk nice and i am for... doing two talks there but the uk for me has always been vacation yeah okay okay so going there for that yeah primarily so i'm doing two talks though there's one on may 8th and then actually on may 17th i'm talking at google oh google uk Lo- or London. yeah yeah which will be really really neat. i'm very awesome. nervous for and you're going to talk about the book <laughs> the book yeah. yeah i think i'll talk about mindful consumption yeah um, yeah that's good so bring up some research and other things that i've found as well but that's talk great. about mindful consumption yeah i mean you and... definitely have that's that's your your expertise and and now technically you're allowed to call yourself an expert Ugh, i still don't like that they say get, get yourself a book <laughs> and you're an expert yeah, it's funny I'm and like... then the phd people are like damn <laughs> damn you book writers i'm the real expert yeah. but no yeah like you know you obviously have enough to write a book and then if the book is well read and well received then then you are an authority so i guess the thor- i'll take that you've been through it and yeah, thor- authority. The authority i can take. i like that you better expert, yeah i think it's funny i mean it's a, a rant but i keep it short i find that that word what bothers me about it is almost like you have nothing more to learn mm. yeah and you're I done have lots more to learn. yeah it's true we always have more to learn right? right yeah that's a really good point it's like if it's got a finality to it but authority, I'm like, I'm okay with that because it's like, even if I don't know, maybe I know some of the places to find it or I'm curious enough that I want to keep learning about it. That's right. And I feel that way about the topic of mindful consumption, that I want yes. to keep, keep learning and kind of diving into that. Awesome. And at the end of the book, you actually have a guide, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. For if people want to do it themselves. Yeah. Or just something even kind of similar, even if you're just taking some of the steps out of it. Um, that's all at the back of the book. So yeah. So if you read the book and you and you like the story, if you just like Kate's story now, and uh, then you can give it a try. And there are a bunch of people doing it now, aren't there? A lot. Some yeah. of them you know, some friends um, maybe. Maybe a little bit. I'm. I don't know. I hear from people all the time whether they're doing it for a month or three months. Some people attempting a whole year. Some people and like tweaking the rules for them. Some people are like, I'm just cutting out one thing for a year. It's a personal thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Which it should be. It should be. The rules should not be maybe exactly what I did. Like personal finance 101 is that it's personal. Personal finance is personal. Right? Yeah, so. you got it. All right. <laughs> okay, thanks Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with me in the park. It is cold. My hands or my fingers <laughs> are getting a little numb. I have two two pairs of mitts on. And Kate has none. So, I mean, I just embarrassed all of Northern Ontario by saying that. But uh, thanks, thanks for being here. Thank you. This is awesome. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. It would mean a lot to me, and it only takes a few seconds. For the show notes and any links from the episode, head over to my website, investwisely.ca. And while you're there, please feel free to send me a message on my contact page. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Personal Finance Show. I'll be back next week with Eric Brotman, President and Managing Principal of Brotman Financial Group.